Good morning. Welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm grateful this morning that you're tuned in to the airwaves of WXAN Radio and to the Good Tidings radio broadcast. It is 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, and we're thankful that you're here with us this morning. We ask you to pray for us as we're praying for you. Thankful that you would take time out of your life to listen to us, and we want to share the Word of God today to strengthen you as a Christian, to exhort the brethren, and so much the more. And if you're listening today and you're not sure that you're going to go to heaven, that today you will understand the gospel and believe on Jesus Christ and trust Him by faith to be your Savior. Now, before we get any farther down the uh, down the segment here of our broadcast, I do want to remind you this morning that... Um, here we are the 20th day of January, and it seems like the the month is flying by. I hope you've been safe and warm this past week. We've been reminded that we're in the winter months for sure, and uh, but it does seem like time's going by real quick. So I want you to open your Bibles this morning, get them ready, go to Luke chapter number 11 and verse number 3. That'll constitute our text and message, Luke chapter 11 and verse number 3. I'm grateful to be part of the WXAN radio family. Uh, Danny and Leanne invited me a little over two years ago to be part of this wonderful ministry, and I've been blessed. My family's been blessed ever since, and we're grateful. We've got to meet a lot of new people and uh, got to preach in a lot of churches across the tri-state region, and we're thankful for the prayers, thankful for the encouragement. Thank you for the, the text messages, the emails, and so on and so forth that you've extended to us, and we're grateful and thankful to God and you and WXAN for this opportunity. So we don't take it lightly. I want you to support WXAN Radio this year, folks, faithfully, do it prayerfully, and do it financially, and uh, God will bless you for doing that. So we're going to preach in just a few moments on a very important topic. I'm staying with the theme of the new year. Here we are in the month of January. But before I do, I want to put a plug in for my favorite place in all of Southern Illinois to eat. And I've got several that I like, certainly. But one of my favorites, if not my favorite, is Tanny's Grill and Chill in Golconda, Illinois. Tanny's Grill and Chill is located right across from the Pope County Courthouse in Golconda, Illinois. It is a wonderful place, a very wholesome, inviting, warm environment. The food portions there are very, very fair. The pricing is very fair, and the food is really good. You'll be blessed if you go to Tanny's Grill and Chill. Now, normally she has a breakfast buffet on Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to 11. However, today, the 20th of January, and next week, the 27th of January, she will not be having it but she'll pick it up again on February the 3rd, okay? So run down to Tanny's Grill and Chill. She opens on Mondays at 10 a.m. at 10.30 a.m. and is uh, closed at 7. She's closed all day on Tuesdays. She's open 10.30 to 7 on Wednesday. Thursdays, 10.30 to 7. Fridays, 8 in the morning to 8 in the evening. Saturdays, 8 in the morning till 8 in the evening. Sundays, 9 to 3. And if you're a fish guy and I like to eat fish, Go down there on Fridays. And folks, she's got daily specials that are really, really nice. Food, the soups, the sandwiches. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's very good. Find her on Facebook, Tanny's Grill and Chill. Follow Tanny's and go down there and help her out. She's a small business and uh, keeping the doors open, trying to trying to make it in this difficult economy. 
and you'll be you'll enjoy a good time of driving down to scenic uh, southeastern Illinois and Pope County and go right across from the courthouse to Tanny's Grill and Chill. You'll be glad you did. I, I like to plug her because I believe in her. I know her. Her product is outstanding, and I'm grateful to be friends with her and uh, thankful for her friendship. Now, I want to share a message with you this morning uh, that will bless you. I hope it does anyway, and I'm going to title the message, The Secret to a Happy New Year. The Secret to a Happy New Year. And the answer is this, living one day at a time. Living life one day at a time. Now, by way of introduction, let me remind us of something this morning when we look at the Scripture, the Bible. The book of the Bible, folks, the Bible is not in its experimental stage. The Bible's tried and it's proven. It's not the book of the month. It's not the book of the week, the the book of the year, the book of the decade, the book of the century, or the book of the millennium. It is the book of the ages, the Bible. We know that 2 Timothy teaches us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and do all good works. We understand that. And folks, the Bible is what our faith is built upon. So the poet said this, and I quote, Thank God for the Bible. It tells me who I am. Thank God for the Bible. It tells me where I'm bound. Thank God for the Bible. It makes the way so plain. Thank God for the Bible. It exalts Jesus' name. End of quote. You know this. You've heard me say it, but it's true. The Bible is inspired. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It's impeccable. It is indestructible. It's powerful. It's precious. It's perfect. It's pure. It's pontifical. It's preserved in heaven. The Word of God, the Bible. So, Folks, I'm going to remind you, every day with Jesus Christ is good. And today, we need to be focused upon living the kind of happy new year God wants us to have. And we can do that if we live one day at a time. Now, statistics, data, I do a lot of reading. Data tells us that we're living right now in a very fear-filled world. People are ate up with anxiety, and they're afraid, and they're fearful, and they're stressed out about so many things that are going on within the realm of our life. And to the degree that they are forgetting to live one day at a time, have you learned the lesson to live one day at a time? The Bible is going to give us a guaranteed formula for happiness, for contentment, and for peace of mind. Here it is. Listen to Psalm 118 and verse 24. This is a day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Think about this. This is a day the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't say, I'll rejoice if the furnace doesn't go out. I'll rejoice if my favorite NFL teams wins in the playoffs this weekend. It doesn't say, I'll rejoice if the weather goes the way that I picture it to be for my event. It doesn't say that. It says, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it. You see, life is structured so that we have to live physically one day at a time. But many people are are trying to live, they're living emotionally and mentally in three different time zones, the past, the present, and the future, or yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And experts are telling us that the meltdown people are having, and the World Health Organization even said that stress is the number one thing that's of epidemic proportion across the world these days. 
that people are melting down, carrying burdens of life from the past, the present, and the future. And it's a classic, simple example of excess baggage. Folks, God didn't design you to carry around that kind of baggage. And no person listening today is made up to bear up and under all the weight of anxiety and stress. God didn't make us that way. So he's telling us how to get the victory over that and how to live one day at a time. Now, have you learned that lesson yet? In Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now in Psalm 27 and verse 14, the Bible says, Wait upon the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. Now, if we're trying to get ahead of God, we're going to get in trouble. Maybe you're praying about something and you need God to direct you and you're waiting on the Spirit and God's direction. Well, just take your time. Just take your time. Wait and see what God is going to do. Wait upon the Lord. Listen to Psalm 37 and verse number 7. The Bible says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. What about Psalm chapter number 40 and verse number 1? I waited patiently upon the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up from a horrible pit, out of a miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings, and hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto God. And many shall see it and trust in the Lord. What about the verse in First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. There's a lot of admonition right there in those scriptures. God is telling us. Now the question is this. How do we live one day at a time? Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 and verse 3, Give us day by day our daily bread. Our text verse, Luke 11 verse 3, Give us day by day our daily bread. So the secret to living A happy new year in 2024 is learning to live one day at a time, and the Bible instructs us on how we can do that. So if you have a pen handy, take some notes here, okay? Because these, this is straight from the scripture. It'll bless and help you. How can we live one day at a time? And the answer is found in God's encyclopedia of knowledge, the Bible. I suggest to you three things. Number one, to live one day at a time, You must stop living in the past. You must stop living in the past. Paul's advice was given to us under inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Philippians chapter number three and verse number 13, where he said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. In other words, he's saying, I want you to close the door on yesterday, on the past. Webster defines forgetting as the ability to (laughs) be unable to remember. (laughs) Unable to remember, that's simple enough, but it is hard for us in practice. God wants us to forget your past sins that are confessed and under the blood. He wants you to forget your past mistakes. He wants you to forget your past defeats. He wants you to forget your past bad decisions. He wants you to forget your past injuries, offenses, heartaches, disappointments, and hurt feelings. He doesn't want you to carry those around. And don't use up today's power trying to live yesterday's problems. God wants us 
to be reminded that we must stop living in the past. You see, excessive regret over the blunders of the past will make you totally unfit to live in the future the way God wants you to. In Luke 11 and verse 3, Jesus said, give us day by day our daily bread. In other words, he's saying one day at a time. I want you to live one day at a time. Now, do you have a past that haunts you? You have a past the devil keeps reminding you of it? Or your past sins, mistakes, hurt feelings, other things like that? Maybe things you've caused, maybe something someone else has caused. And the devil brings up your past hurts, mistakes, sins, those things. Well, folks, remind him of his future. Remind the devil of his future. You say, Pastor David, what is the devil's future? It's in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever. Think about that, and ever. Remind the devil where he's going. That's a blessing right there, folks, just to remind him where he's going, because he knows where he's going. He knows where he's headed. So commit your past to Jesus Christ, and he'll filter out the bad and preserve the good from your past. Ask him to do that. Filter out the bad, Lord, and preserve the good for me. Now, have you consulted with the Bible lately about your past? Listen to Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12. For I will be merciful under their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. I will remember no more. Hallelujah. That's enough right there to make you smile and shout and be glad. He said, their sins and their iniquities, I will remember no more. Now, as a believer, you know this. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior and been born again, you're a child of God. Christians still sin. When we sin, we don't want to. But when we sin, the Bible gives us the formula for cleansing and restoration. It's in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice that. So let God cleanse you from your unrighteousness. Now forget it and get up and go on and start living victoriously, spirit-filled for the Lord Jesus. So how are we going to live one day at a time? Well, first of all, to live one day at a time, we must forget our past. But secondly, I submit to you, to live one day at a time, we must stop living in the future. We must stop living in the future. You want to revolutionize your life, folks? Listen to the words of Jesus. Now, you're not going to find the words of Jesus in the writings of the Greek philosophers like Socrates or Aristotle or Plato. You're not going to find the words of Jesus in speeches or the platitudes of politicians or motivational speakers. You're not going to find it in Shakespeare or, or Byron or Keats or Longfellow, any kind of literature. The words of Jesus Christ, they are the authority. Jesus Christ is the greatest authority the world has ever known. And listen to what Jesus says to us in Matthew 6. And verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now what's Jesus saying? I want us to take this word from Jesus, Matthew 6, 34, take there no thought for the morrow. What's he telling us? He's telling us, listen closely, don't worry about tomorrow. Take these words, folks, get them in your heart, crystallize them in your heart, capitalize them in your heart, analyze them in your heart, memorize them, put them to, to memory, and let the Spirit remind you when you have a tendency to worry about the future. 
Jesus said in Matthew 6, 34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. You know that I love to quote Jesus. He's the greatest authority the world has ever known. But do you know that out of 281,253 words in the New Testament, of those volumes of words, Jesus spoke 36,450 of them. So there's something in the New Testament you can hear Jesus say to you every day. Find something daily that Jesus said, stand on it, believe it, memorize it, and, and trust it. Now, Jesus in Matthew 6, 34 did not mean that we could just throw everything to the wind and live flippantly and flip a coin and kind of hope for the best and be very lackadaisical and, and, and undisciplined in life. That wasn't what he meant. What Jesus meant was don't anticipate the trouble, the trials, the tragedies of tomorrow. Rather, occupy yourself with the events of today. We live in a society that wants to hurry all the time. We want to worry so much. And then we end up being buried, you know, bury. Hurry, worry, and bury, if you would, the old country preacher said. But God wants us to do this. That The word hurry, the word worry, and the word bury is not in God's vocabulary. One of the leading causes to the mental and emotional breakdowns and of anxiety that's going on all over the place is people worried about the future. Worried about the future. Now, we got to remember something today. People are trying a variety of things to rid themselves of the emotionally, uh, of, of worry. People are trying all kinds of stuff to get rid of worry. And God wants his children to be spiritually and emotionally and mentally healthy and balanced every day. And if we put our minds into the scripture and read the scripture and put the scripture into practice, we'll definitely be that way. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This will keep you balanced. Listen to this, saints. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God is wanting us to stand on this, to be saturated in this, be careful for nothing. You know, the Bible is the psychology book of the ages. He'll handle spiritual worry, emotional worry, mental worry, and give us health. If we'll read it, do it, believe it, and trust in it. Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. God is saying, don't be filled with anxious care. Now, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, is as much Bible as John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you believed on Christ as your personal Savior? Do you know for sure that if you died today, you would go to heaven? Well, folks, the Bible says, just what John 3.16 said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God loved you and I so much in the world, he sent Jesus down, born of the Virgin, who lived a sinless life who went to the cross to become our payment, our sacrifice, our substitute. He died vicariously. That means he took our place on the cross. He didn't deserve to die on the, on the cross because he wasn't a sinner. We're sinners, and we owe God a sin debt. And we, can't, we have nothing to offer God as payment for that sin debt. And God knew that, and he loved us so much, he sent Jesus, his son, to be the propitiation for our sins, that's the atoning sacrifice, 
pay for our sins. When Christ hung on the cross, God took every sin you ever committed, will commit, or if you live to be whatever age. He did that for not only us, but he did it for the sins of the whole world, the past, the present, and the future. Christ died for the sins of the whole world, and he paid that sin debt for us. He was buried in the tomb, and then he was resurrected the third day. And now God has received the payment Jesus has made for your sins, and we know that by his resurrection from the dead. And if you would like Jesus to be applied to you, the his blood to be applied to you so you can be forgiven, then trust him to be your personal Savior. Ask him right now. Follow me in this simple prayer of faith. Recognize you're a sinner. You cannot save yourself. And believe that the Bible said Jesus died on the cross vicariously, John 3, 16, because God loves you. Now, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's put your faith and trust in Christ now. Follow me in this simple prayer of faith from the sincerity of your heart. Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven. Amen. Now, folks, if you've trusted Christ and been born again, I'm rejoicing with you. Get a hold of me. I've got some new, uh, some Christian literature to give you free of charge. It's steps in a new direction for a new believer. Just email me. Email me at drdave13 at gmail.com. drdave13 at gmail.com. And I will email you, or rather, I will mail you some free literature. So, um, we're rejoicing with you. Let us know if you've trusted Christ as Savior. We're praying for you. You pray for us, but we're praying for you now. Be found in church. So what are we going to do? How are we going to have a happy new year where we're going to get it, or we're going to do that rather by living one day at a time? And the way we're going to live one day at a time, we've seen, is to stop living in the past, number one. Number two, we're going to stop living in the future, Okay, and anticipating problems. And then number three, how are we going to get the victory and live successfully? Well, I want to submit to you that we need to remember that God has organized life to be lived one moment at a time. God has organized life to be lived one moment at a time. Now, how do we know this? The Bible teaches us this. It's God's principle. See, think about this with me, saints. You cannot live one second of tomorrow until today is over. We live by one breath at a time. We live by one heartbeat at a time. We live by the clock ticking one second at a time. And in Luke chapter 11, excuse me, and verse number three, Jesus told us this in our text verse, Luke 11, verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Notice that expression, day by day, our daily bread. And do ask God for anything more than what he's already promised is to insult God's word and his integrity. He doesn't want us to ask for something that he hadn't already promised. It's foolish for us to try to add something to God's word 
We shouldn't do that. Listen to Psalm, or rather Proverbs, verse 30, verse, or chapter 30, verse 6. Add thou not to, to his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Folks, God always has the last word, and he has set up life to be lived one moment at a time. And that's how he wants us to have the peace of God, that he's in control, that he has our best interests in heart, that he loves us unconditionally, that he has a plan and a purpose and a design for your life. God always has the last word. I like what the poet said, and I quote, Life is a story in volumes three, the past, the present, and yet to be. The first is finished and laid away. The second we're writing day by day. The third and last of volumes three is locked from sight, and God keeps the key. End of quote. It would knock our socks off if we knew what the future held. God is just as wise with us when he deals with us in his reservations for us, as he is in his revelations to us. Let me say that again. God is just as wise in his reservations for us, as he is in his revelations to us. The poet said again, and I quote, The clock of life is wound but once, and no man has the power to tell when it will stop, at late or early hour. Now is the only time you own. Live, love, toil, will, uh, with will. Place not faith in tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. End of quote. Folks, if tomorrow does come, it may be altogether different from what you thought it would be. Think about that. God wants us, thirdly, to remember He has organized life on the principle to be lived one moment at a time. Now, <clears throat> in conclusion, I must say, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. God is sufficient. God is, sup, sup, sup. God is supernatural. God is supreme. God is sovereign. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God is in control. And the moment we recognize this, that God is in control of your life, your worries will fly out the window. Trust in God. Live one day at a time. That's how you're going to have a successful, wonderful new year in 2024. Now, we're grateful that you are tuned in today. Thank you for the notes, the comments, the nice things you have to say. We're praying for you. Pray for us. This is the Good Tidings radio broadcast. I am your radio pastor and Bible teacher, Dr. David Pinkerton. Keep looking up. God is in control. Jesus is coming again one day soon. Give someone a gospel track. Tell them how to be saved. Invite them to church. Be found in church this Sunday, worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Pray for your preacher. Pray for yourself. And go in there and let God minister to you in spirit and in truth. Lift up Jesus Christ. Tell the world about Jesus. Win souls to Jesus Christ. He's coming again. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. The day is finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, There's yes. No to fear. For unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not. Fear not. Yes, sir. Time